You're listening to McBee Care Threads, a podcast where leaders across the healthcare industry can learn from each other. We'll discuss stories and explore strategies to help providers deliver value-based care and hear your peers share their best practices for success. Let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome everyone to the McBee Care Threads podcast. My name is Maria Warren, and I'm a consulting director here at McBee. Our guest today is one of our own, Dee Jaray, who's a senior clinical consulting manager here at McBee. And today's episode, we're going to be covering the new hospice regulation that went into effect on October 1st. So let's get started. Dee, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. I want to give you the opportunity to uh, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background. Hi, Maria. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm Dee, and uh, my background has been hospice since 1999, both in for-profit and not-for-profit hospices. I've had the opportunity to do a lot of regulatory work over the years and learning and kind of keeping up to date with what's going on with the regulations and hospice industry in general. Great. Thanks for sharing your background with me. So tell us a little bit about the new notice of election requirement. It went into effect on October 1st. What's the details on it? Sure. So last year, they included it in the fiscal year 2020 regulation that it would be effective this year on 10-1-2020. The new requirement is that in addition to the election of benefit with some updated language required there as well, the patient notification of hospice non-covered items, services, and drugs would have to be added to the election process. Great. Thanks for share, sharing those details. And and what do you really think uh, CMS's intent is for this new addendum? What what do you think spurred it and, and brought this um, as part of the final rule? Uh, you know, there's probably a couple of factors, Maria. Um, it's always been the intent for CMS that the majority of items when somebody comes onto hospice would be covered. I think in the past, there's probably been some I don't know if it would be even complaints, but, you know, maybe a DME company or a supply company or maybe the beneficiary themselves is wanting to do something that's not part of the hospice benefit. But there's been some confusion around what the hospice is actually going to be covering or not based on how it's related to the hospice terminal diagnosis. And so I think this is part of CMS's effort to bring it back to everybody having an understanding of what the hospice is going to cover it or not, and also offering the beneficiary or their representatives an opportunity to be able to rebut the decision if they don't agree with it by contacting their BFCC QIO. Great. Thanks for those details. That's definitely one of the the biggest changes. You know, a a lot of these things providers weren't even documenting before beforehand as part of the notice of election. Were they getting all of this information? What's covered? What's not included? I think a lot of a lot of fear that patients have with going on hospice is revoking all other services not related to their prognosis and the terminal illness that they have. So what do you really think some of the biggest challenges you see for providers with adopting this and and how to get it in into their daily practice? 
Well, from a hospice standpoint, we've already been looking at related and non-related medications. The addition to this now is looking at services, looking at supplies, looking at DME or anything else that they may want to do that's not related and letting them know that they're not covered so that they know what the billing needs to look like. I think the challenge for agencies is developing a process or a decision tree that's individualized but gives a basic framework for each individual as to what might be covered based on their diagnosis. You know, everybody has a little diagnosis mix, history, and what might be covered for one person may not be covered for another, depending on how those line out. So having a basic framework um, and then educating the staff around what that framework looks like so they can make the intelligent decisions around coverage based on their terminal prognosis. I really like that idea uh, of the decision tree that helps lay it out and and help provide guidance and information because uh, as you said not uh, every patient's different and every every patient's approach to care is going to be different so I think that'll really be a uh, a good area and and recommendation for them on on how to implement it and how to use it within the day-to-day practice, but a big challenge and barrier for sure on the provider side to get this implemented into the day-to-day operations. What advice do you have, um, Dee, for some of the providers on on how to monitor this and what what they could do going forward? As you know, anytime you implement something new, there's going to be things that um, what they can continue doing, stop doing, change. It's a it's an evolution. You're never going to get everything right the first time. Um, but what what can they do to continue to monitor their practice? Well, part of the regulation says that if it's been requested within the first five days that you have five days to provide it, it kind of goes along with the comprehensive assessment. And if it's requested during care, then they would need to provide that within 72 hours. And I think um, a monitoring and tracking system to follow when it's been requested and when it's been provi- provided so that you're staying within those time frames would be important, uh, including that into the quality program to make sure you're tracking that. Because then at that point, when it's been requested, it now becomes part of your billable. And if it's been requested as an ADR or a document requester in an audit, they'd want to see when it was requested and when you provided that document. So that would be important. And I guess the other thing is just making sure that there's a process uh, for every patient that it's reviewed. So should it be requested, you have that information timely. Thanks for sharing that information surrounding the new uh, regulation regarding the notice of election. Now, I know you're involved with many of our uh, clinical compliance projects here at McBee. What have been some of the hot spots and big focus items that you've seen in that Medicare's targeting? Yeah, it's Medicare and also from a standpoint of compliance, I think length of stay That's a big one. Uh, Monitoring your length of stay for anybody that's been on service more than 180 days and having a process in place where you're taking that information and evaluating that person every time they come up for review for a research. GIP length of stay is another one. If you have a consistent 
general inpatient care that's lasting more than three or four days? What's your uh, review process to make sure that the documentation is still supporting that? I think those are the two big areas right now. And then, of course, now with the new regulation, we don't know how that's all going to play out yet. We'll see. But, you know, just a good quality program that includes monitoring some of this around the new requirement around the addendum. Great. Thanks for sharing that. You know, that, that's just one of those hotspot items are, are always popping up. But you know what? With some of these, they're also ch- trends that, you know, they've always been out there between the, the different MACs and the different uh, targeted probe and educate and rack audits that are out there. They're always looking and focusing in on these areas. So definitely good to bring that forward to our hospice listeners on, on today's podcast, just to make sure that it's staying on their forefront and they're paying attention to these items within their agency. Dee, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate the insights that you shared. Lots of great info and takeaways for the listeners. Thanks for being our hospice expert. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode of the McBee Care Threads podcast. Thanks, Maria. At McBee, we understand the challenges providers face across the healthcare landscape. For more than 45 years, we've been a part of the evolution of the healthcare industry. Our strategic advisory solutions span the home health, hospice, health system, and senior living care continuums, creating improved clinical, financial, and operational outcomes. Our expertise is guaranteed. Our solutions empower. Visit us today at mcbeeassociates.com. Thank you for listening to McBee Care Threads. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. For more information on the topics discussed today, visit our website at mcbeeassociates.com. Until next time.